0: Tonight's Old Testament reading, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good evening, good evening. How are y'all doing tonight? I know it's hot, right? And because it's hot, I'm going to make this one of the shortest sermons at Grace Downtown. Amen. So God must have loved y'all tonight because I just I just have three pages right on the ground over there. But let's pray and let's get into it. Heavenly Father we come before you and we ask oh God that you would just show us your beauty in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight I want to focus on one thing. This one this one topic this one thesis statement is this is what I want you to get. If you fall asleep Or if you faint, hopefully you don't faint, amen? Amen. But if you're still alive and well, the the goal of tonight is for you you to get this, that our life's focus should be consumed with God's beauty. I'll say that again. Our life's focus should be consumed with God's beauty. Many times when we think about beauty, uh, you hear the saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? There is a sense that beauty is subjective, you know, something could be beautiful to me, but not beautiful to you. And a lot of times when we think of beauty, uh, we think of beauty as almost like opinion. Uh, it's, not, it's not factual. It's not evidence-based. It's, it's, it's just mysterious and emotionally emotional and feelings-oriented. And it's not quite concrete. And so tonight I, I want to let you know that uh, when we think about beauty, sometimes we think, yeah, those emotional and feeling, and, and uh, if you look at a beautiful painting, you, you're transcendent. Uh, it takes you out of some place and puts you in this uh, a beautiful, perfect place. And when we think about beauty, we, we think, take me out of my particular predicament and, and take me somewhere else. And yet David, the writer of this psalm, sees beauty in a different light, he sees beauty in the midst of warfare and adversaries. Uh, beauty is coming in the midst of violence and, 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 and pain and trouble. And so he, he says, one thing I desire and that I will seek. You know, David was facing adversaries. He says, though an army may encamp against me, though war may rise up against me. And yet he says, the one thing that I desire it's to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to, to dwell in the house of the Lord and to gaze on God's beauty. Well, what is beauty? Well, I want to give you a quick definition. Beauty is the, the ultimate expression of everything that is good and desirable. And so when, when God reveals himself to us, he, he reveals himself in all of his fullness And beauty is the sum total of God's character. So when God comes in, when God's presence comes into a room, it's not like his love is over there and his mercy is over there. It's not like his truth and glory is over here and his justice is over there. No, when God comes into a room, when he comes into a place, he brings all of his attributes, all of his character, all of his actions. And the sum total of that is beauty. And so that's what David desired. He, he, he desired the presence of God, the, the fullness of God. God, I, I just don't want you to be a God of love, but I need justice. I, I need protection. I need relief. And yet, the one thing that he desires was to see beauty. And you would think that he would say, you know what, God, give me relief. Uh, give me uh, protection. Give me safety. Give me revenge because I'm facing enemies. And yet David's one desire was to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to be in his presence, because he knew that when he is in God's presence, that he has everything that he needs. He has the relief. He he has the safety. He has the justice. So the question tonight is how? How can we face this beautiful God? How can we focus on God's beauty? And we see it in verse 4. I'll read it to you. The psalmist says, one thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after. You know, a lot of times when we, when we talk about God, we have many questions. You know, God, uh, why is there evil in the world? God, uh, why doesn't the Bible make sense? God, why are you invisible? But do we seek after the questions that we have? And I would liken it to dating. You know, when I, when I met my wife, I was very curious. Because uh, I saw this not only beautiful young lady physically, but her character just emanated out of the church and I, and I, the, in Chattanooga. And I was just like, man, this is a beautiful young woman. And I, and I came to one of my friends and I asked my friends ab- uh, about Stephanie. And she said, you know, Andrew, she's too good for you. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I, I got to get to know this girl. So for me, it, w- it wasn't enough for me to just ask her questions, right? I needed to, to seek after her. Now, not stalk her. Amen. I want to give you guys, uh, some of you gentlemen, some tips here. We, we don't stalk, but we pursue. I, I needed to find out who this ro- woman really is. And, and, and so I, I needed to be in her presence. I needed to see her beauty. I needed to get to know her. You see, many of us, when we have our relationship with God, it's like a dating relationship. We, we date God once a week and maybe we ask him some questions, uh, but we don't risk the, the long-term relationship. We don't, we, don't mi- we don't risk marrying God because uh, we don't want to get hurt by him. You know, mar- marriage is very messy and it's too hard and, and you have to be monogamous. You can't seek after other lovers. You know, God wants your full and undivided attention. And he wants you to seek after him and dwell in his presence. He wants to be with you wherever you go, like a ring on a spouse's finger. And so when we think about gazing on the beauty of God, uh, we read the passage in Colossians 1. It says that Christ is the image of the invisible God. And so when we talk about seeking the face of God, Jesus Christ is the, is the face of God. He is the, the embodiment of the beauty that David longed for. And in our culture, when we talk about beauty, we, we have this idea of the Ken and the Barbie doll, right? We have this, uh, you know, thin or, you know, tall, strong, whatever the case may be. And yet when Jesus came down to earth as a man, he, he wasn't seven feet tall. He, he didn't have the physique of a bodybuilder. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that he was not physically desirable. He was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus shows us that the true beauty is found with those who are physically undesirable. Those who are despised by our society. And those who are full of pain. And this is where you find the beautiful. Because when we, when we see the face of Jesus, we see a man hanging on a cross and we wonder, how could this be so beautiful? And so tonight, I want to do a little something different. I wrote a poem, amen? And I'm not as good as Maseret, but I'll, 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 I'll try. And in this poem, I, I, I want you to see the beauty of, of, of Jesus hanging there on a the cross, but in a different light. And so follow with me. He hung there in broad daylight, like rain on a warm summer's day, and I was surprised. How could this man be crucified? He never told one lie. He spoke truth like wine, intoxicating. He he could captivate you with his stories, like a painter whose brush was his tongue. He could heal the most terminally sick with just one breath, and yet he hung there silent. Many words hurled at him like cold hailstones the size of bowling balls. They screamed liar, fraud, imposter. This man said he was God and can't even save himself. Jesus could have retorted back with a voice like thunder. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? Do you realize that I am hanging here for you? I was despised for you. Rejected for you. I cried for you before you even knew my name because only my death can cleanse you from your stains, the stench of pride that you hold deep inside your chest like a bulletproof vest. You could never bring yourself so low as to confess that you need me. But Jesus never said these words because he opened not his mouth. And then before he breathed his last, I saw beauty speak as I held my flask. I was the drunken man, the spies like him. I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, I've sinned, but not like him, not like this innocent man. Nevertheless, like I said before, beauty spoke like the fragrance of spring coming through an open door. Jesus said these words in a clear crystal hue, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His lifeless body hung there on a tree, and for the first time I understood that God was doing this for me. You know, when we, when we think about the beauty of God, And we gaze on Jesus on a cross, bearing our guilt, our pain, our shame. His beauty never alleviates. His beauty doesn't take you out of the hard circumstance. God's beauty oftentimes keeps you in the situation that you're in. Because David, he had an army encamped around him. He had war rising against him. He had evildoers eating his flesh in a metaphoric sense. And what's beautiful about this passage is that God doesn't alleviate him from the pain, but he elevates him. He he lifts his head. He he sets him high upon a rock above his enemies and he lifts his head as if God were, were looking into his eyes and said, David, I know what you're going through because I've gone through it too and I'm here to rescue you from your enemies. I'm here to rescue you from your tarnished image, the warfare at your workplace, the gossip that is ruining your relationships. I'm gonna hide you in the secret place of my tabernacle and I'm gonna show you my beauty. Will you gaze on his beauty? Will you make it a priority in your life Because when you gaze on the beauty of God in Jesus Christ, something happens to you. You eventually find out that you become beautiful too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you for your son hanging there on the cross for us. And we thank you, Lord, that he not only hung there, but he rose again from the dead the man who was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Lord, as we seek your face, show us, show us your beauty. Show us that you understand our pain. Show us that you, too, have had insults hurled against you. You, too, have had folks gossiping behind your back. You, too, have had issues at the workplace. But thank you, O God, that your beauty doesn't alleviate but it elevates us above our enemies above our circumstance and gives us the perspective of the cross the beauty of Jesus Christ and we thank you for him in Jesus name amen